Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Our guest this morning is a keynote speaker, author, coach, and co-founder of the Love for Lewiston Foundation. She was also recently honored as one of Avenue Magazine's top 40 under 40. After losing her beautiful son, Lewiston, to spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA, in 2016, Jessica Jansen poured all her grief and energy into raising awareness and funds through the Love for Lewiston Foundation, which has raised nearly $2 million to support families with SMA. Jessica also works as a speaker and executive coach, encouraging people to find joy even in difficult circumstances. She joins us this morning to tell us more about how she's changing lives. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. I'm about in tears and I don't even know why. I'm going to say that it's that time of month or something because I'm ready to ball my face off. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, David is uh, used to me tearing up during these interviews too. So you're in good company, Jess. Morning, and David. I'll try to tear up as well, Armando, yeah. for those interviews. That, you know what I love? Reason. I love cracking the men where yeah. they're like, oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm emotionally strong. No, and then no, you're like, I do cry. See, there you go. When my when the team that I support won the championships, I cried. <laughs> so you're a ask sports my crier. I asked okay. my wife. <laughs> Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. Um, so, you know, before we go into what you do today, which is a, li- a long list that, uh, you know, I'm very uh, kind of excited to learn more. But before we go into your passion and energy and, and everything you do, we have to start where where did it hit you mm-hmm. with the tragedy that your family went through mm-hmm. and where you were, where we were emotionally when it happened. So share with us what happened. It, it, what's funny was the reason why I was tearing up because um, I know I've known Tara for a very long time. We were spin instructors together and immediately when you started talking, I went back, I have this picture. I think I've sent it to you. It's like etched in my mind of it's you, one of my other best friends, Marie, and you guys have both just happened to stop by the hospital and you dropped off a package and it was of really fuzzy socks and some other stuff that I don't remember. I just remember thinking like, it's not like you and I are besties and we go out for dinner, you know, once a month and just the kindness that was extended. And, and that's really where this launched from. So our son got a diagnosis of spinal muscular atrophy at about two and a half months old. We got that diagnosis at Alberta Children's Hospital through the neurology department. We're massive fans of the work that um, they do at Alberta Children's Hospital. We can't say enough good things. It was for our family, like staying at the plaza, except without like the butlers and the room (laughs) service. And they probably could use some work on their food. That's my only knock against the hospital, but you try to feed that many people. So all that being said, uh, our son got this diagnosis. And when they delivered the diagnosis of SMA type one, um, they told us, there's no cure, there's no treatment. And then the role that we'll play for your son in his care is to make sure that he's comfortable and we don't think he'll make his first birthday. Um, That news hits you like a freight train. And it still does when I talk about it. And um, we got that news August 5th. And later that afternoon, my husband and I were walking at the back of the hospital. It's beautiful. It faces West. I just remember we just made a declaration. We said, whatever we face, We'll bring the joy. And that was just our theme. And so that was dance parties and involving the hospital and having fun while they did his rounds and basically said, hey, we don't know what to do. There's nothing we can do. And um, we fought for his life. We fought for clinical trials. 
We had incredible offers of people being like, we'll get you a private jet, fly to Europe, do this, do that. And unfortunately, there just wasn't um, a, a cure at that time and treatment available fast enough. The landscape has drastically shifted, but he fought really hard and he passed six months um, at a six-month kind of birthmark. He was three days shy of celebrating six months. Um, and we had him pass away at the Rotary Flames Hospice here in Calgary. It's one of seven children's hospices across Canada. And we love the facility. And um, it was as difficult as it was. It was also really beautiful. And um, we're super grateful. And that kind of, I would say, launched me at a like rocket shape ship pace into wanting to change things and do better and give back because so many people like Tara, like complete strangers from my spin classes and from around the world, just extended kindness and goodness to our family. How did you get there, Jessica, where you decided I'm, I'm going to bring the joy? We're going through such a traumatic situation as a family, but mm-hmm. I remember you having the dance parties with the, with the, uh, the nurses in there. I was there for one of them mm-hmm. um, with Lewiston. And how do you get to that place where you decide I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep the joy in our lives. Yeah, how do you lift yourself from that yeah. dark place? It's all choices. Like everything I say today is not rocket science. And I want to be really abundantly clear. I've struggled with mental health and sometimes your brain wiring just won't offer you those joyful thoughts, those options. So I want to be clear that I recognize that because I've struggled with that deep, dark thoughts of like, this is it. I, I can't navigate this. It's too hard. It's too heavy. Thankfully, I was in a fairly healthy place and had access to really great tools. So my brain was healthy. And I, I really believe because I had really great brain health, um, there was a choice and I saw it. I could see it clearly. And it was like, you can swallow up and curl up and grab a tub of Ben and Jerry's and coast, or you can make the moments matter. And for me, it was this visualization of, I just, I pictured myself in my son's position of being in a bed, not being able to move, not being able to do what you'd want to do and being like, I wouldn't want to walk into a room where it felt depressing and it felt sad and empty and lonely. No one likes those feelings. They're hard feelings to work through. And I just know what it's like to feel joyful and have a dance party. And like, we do this thing in our family where we say, two hands up for dinner or like two hands up for grandma or whatever it is we're celebrating. And I dare you to raise your hands high in the sky and not smile. Like, it's like, you just like, it's joyful. <laughs> Come on, David. Uh, yeah, David. Raise them up. Usually when I do it, I have weights and I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that moment of just visualizing what do I want? What do I want this environment to be? And I was like, I do get a choice because my brain was healthy, because I saw options. And so it was just these small little choices that compounded into abundant joy. You talk about how the landscape has changed a lot since Lewiston was mm-hmm. born. You're part of that. You're part of that um, that movement. So tell us about what your foundation has done and how it has changed lives. So... I tend to get often the credit because I'm like the spokesperson, but I want to shout out our donors, sponsors, our volunteers, my husband, our family, all Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes people, because without them, it's not possible. But um, we just saw the problem when Sliston passed, we're like, dang, if he had been diagnosed and, and there was clinical trials happening. Um, Ironically, eight months after he passed, they came out with a drug that got approved in Canada. (laughs) Like I was just like, mother, I beep, beep, beep. 
And so, I, you know, you go through the grief of like, why wasn't this in time for my son? And then you're like, okay, it is here. So what can we do? Like, that's the question I ask. So now what? And the so now what was is like, let's get these babies screened at birth and then they have access. And now there were zero treatments available when Lewiston was born in 2016. It's 2022 and there are not one, not two, but three treatments available. Like, Amazing. Do I still get mad and angry every so now and again? Yes. And so we wanted to get newborn screening accomplished and we knew if the babies could get screened, they could get treatment. And so our foundation, our board, our team, we committed to fundraising and um, pitching half of that. It was about a half a million dollar cost with Alberta Children's Hospital. And then we worked with Muscular Dystrophy Canada and the foundation and UFC. And we spent almost four and a half years working to get newborn screening in our province. It should have taken six months, but it took us four years, but we didn't give up. And now as of February 28th, this year in 2022, every single baby born in our province is screened for spinal muscular atrophy and can access treatment. And the first baby was detected just a short two and a half months after the program launched. And the baby will be able to walk and run and jump and skip and play and sing. And um, wow. it could have looked a lot different. So we're and really proud of that work. Does it also help mm -hmm. them kind of uh, have a longer life span? Yeah, like where my son was given a life expectancy of less than a year. These kids now that have SMA type 1, they're they're going to live till they're 30, 40, 50, 60, 80. I mean, they're defying the odds right now. So it's truly life-changing work. For people who haven't heard of SMA and what it is, mm -hmm. uh, could you explain what exactly it does to the body? Yeah, it's a rare genetic disease and I'm not a scientist or a molecular geneticist. So this is my very like dumbed down version, but it's a rare genetic di disease and basically both parents have to be carriers. And then we passed on the zero copy and the copy that my son didn't get is the copy that tells your body to reproduce protein. So the nerves um, die off and then they reproduce by this protein that our body makes, SMN1. And because my son missed that gene, he couldn't reproduce. So once his nerves died off, he lost his movement. Nerves are what tell our muscles to move. And so with SMA, you... Your body is robbed of movement, which is why I'm passionate about movement. Body is robbed of movement. And so slowly it starts in your legs and then you get weak and weaker. And for us, you know, cold and flu season, <clears throat> clear your throat, blow your nose. They don't have the muscle strength to do that. And now there's drugs that can address that missing gene and help provide that in the body. But basically they're missing that gene to reproduce um, those nerves to tell your body to move. It's a crazy disease, but we've come really far. Jessica, after the commercial, we'll talk about the other part of your life, which is coaching. And uh, we, don't, we won't talk about spin classes because I have enough of that. <laughs> but uh, we have to take a commercial break. Let's do it. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Our guest this morning is Jessica Jensen. Um, you have a long list. Keynote speaker, author, but I like mama. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I really kind of uh, looked at. That's and the I said, toughest one. Yeah, I know. As a father <laughs> and a grandfather now. Um, so, Tara, I have a question for you before we go back oh, to Jessica. Okay. So, last week we had Rial that was eight months living on the street and built himself back. Mm -hmm. And now we have Jessica that went through a terrible time and she is now built herself again. How do you feel about, our, about this? 
about our guests? How do I feel yeah, about the guests? Yeah. Well, I think it's a it's a sign of resilience, and I think that they have such um, so much to offer and teach other people through what they've gone through, right? And that's how I find those are the most powerful messages when people have uh, gone through hard, hard times, and they're able to turn around and say and learn from it themselves, and then use those teachings and learnings to help other people. I think that's amazing. Did you notice I surprised her? Yeah. Um, so, Jessica. I was like, why are we interviewing me right now? <laughs> back to you. Because um, you're a boss, that's why. <laughs> as a coach now. Yeah. Your career now as a coach. And uh, I, I really kind of uh, resonated with the joy yeah. that you mm-hmm. have. Uh, in, how do you bring joy to um I would say to the workplace with situations like COVID, but let's forget about COVID. You opened the inflation. New, you opened the news today. The recession. Inflation, blah, blah. recession, interest. Mm-hmm. People are scared. Mm-hmm. Will I have a place to work tomorrow? Will mm-hmm. I have a salary tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How do you bring this joy? Mm-hmm. Again, it's a series of choices. And since my son's passing, you know, I've done a lot of work and research and a part of me is like, dang, I, maybe I need to go back to school. And I'm like, I don't have time. There's so much stuff I want to do. And, and maybe I will, who knows? I wish it would have been like a psychologist or a neuroscientist. I mean, they're some of the most brilliant people, but truly understanding how the brain works and that we can rewire. My default setting is joy. I've wired my brain intentionally that way. And it takes work. It isn't just like, think a positive thought and everything's great. No, mm. no, no. I'm doing the hard work of actually rewiring, which is like like proven via science that you can do that. And so I've been working with a lot of large corporate clients because everyone's like, hey, we just survived the last two years. It's been a complete gong show. And now our people are unhappy. They're overloaded. They're burnt out. They're stressed out. They're lacking focus. We need to bring the joy. And joy sounds a little bit like a soft word for corporate companies. But I want, what I know to be true is like, you bring joy, you bring excellence, you bring excellence, you bring results, you bring results, everyone's winning. And we know we're going to be faced with hard stuff. I always say we're faced with death and taxes. We know that those are guarantees in life, but we forget to talk about the third thing, which is just the really hard things, whether it be death, whether it be finance loss, whether it be, you know, terminal diagnoses, whatever it is, there's hard things coming our way. And so this piece for me was about rewiring the brain. And what I would encourage people is, is we can't always change our circumstances. That's what I learned. I couldn't change my son's circumstances. I couldn't, you know, write a new prescription or write a new diagnosis on his medical chart. We can't change that. Maybe there is a recession. Maybe there isn't a recession. Like stuff is happening. What I know is, is the circumstances are neutral. It's our thoughts that we attach to the circumstances that will determine our outcome because our thoughts lead to our feelings. And trust me, I feel all the feelings. But I think when people feel certain ways, it's like, okay, well, what are those thoughts? And for lots of people who are very negative, it's very easy to point those out like, well, Nancy, you continue to be negative about everything in the world, the weather, your lack of parking space or whatever it is. Like I had to park far away today. I was like, awesome. I'm going to get my steps in. It's just a thought. And so I just want to encourage people, how can you flip the script? And it's like, I was working with a client and he was like, oh, no one knows about all this department and we're the most critical department. Blah, blah, blah. And I mean, this was so simple. I was like, what instead of I have to, what about you get to? You get to do this incredible work. And it's like simple things with our language, with how we think about the circumstances in front of us. And this is like way longer than a 10 minute quick thing. I'm just am curious in encourage people to get curious, curious about your thoughts. So if at 8.05 every morning I ask everybody to raise their hands, they will be 
Smiling. I, 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 here's the thing. If you lead a team of people and you'd ask everyone to come into a room and be like, two hands up, who's ready for a great day and get them to do it. I challenge you for the next 63 days. See what happens in the culture in your office. 63. 63. Neuroscience. Do, follow Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's the neuroscientist that has this data and research. We'll mm-hmm. start January 2nd. Great. And then I'll follow up with you in 63 days and see how the culture is. Perfect. Accountability. I like it, Jessica. Oh, I'm going to put a note in my phone after this. <laughs> but it is true. Like when I've had to go around, um, I've had to do lots of corporate videos and whatnot. And I've had people come out of their shells a little bit with doing a dance party. And it's all awkward in the beginning when they're like, I'm not dancing for a video. This is weird. I'm not your dancing monkey. I've heard that one. But eventually they do it. And at the end of the dance, everybody's in a good mood. They're high-fiving. Their whole energy is completely different. They're having fun and they go back to work energized. And it was, uh, you know, a minute 30 of dancing. Isn't it crazy how yeah. movement can just change the, I, I say, it changes the posture of your heart. You change mm-hmm. the posture of your heart, you change the posture of your head. Change the posture of your head, you're winning. Yeah. Right. I love dancing. Yeah, you're I'm a big a, dancer, you I and know. Zohar, right? Is, it, Is he any good? Well, it, does he fail at anything? Play the music. <laughs> I love it. I know. We're going to have a dance off after we take off our headphones. I must say, he's he's a big dancer in the spin class. He's always over there dancing away on his bike. But I wanted to ask you, I saw on one of your posts, you um, you were making mention of a, a group of female women that you were working with. And it started off with object, one objective and ended up with a whole other achievement where they were discovering things they just never knew. Tell me about that experience working with a company. It was so incredible. So a group of 12 women, you know, they are across Canada, but there was 12 that could come into the office. We wanted to do an in-person event. Okay. I prepare, you know, I spend hours preparing a PDF work booklet with all the questions we're going to dive in. And I share my story. That's a part of what I do. So I can give people context. I'm like, I am an expert in joy. I don't have an MBA or fancy letters behind my name, but I can tell you that I am a joy expert. So I share my story. I tell how I get to to where I am and the life lessons that are very simple for you to apply as well. And so in this workshop piece, I'm ready to go through the questions. And I was like, can you just go around, introduce yourself and one fun fact that this team might not know about you. And that turned into, and there's only 12 women, it turned into an hour and almost an hour and a half of women sharing. And these, like, they weren't just like, oh, one time I went to Texas. Like, you didn't know I went to Texas. Like, deep, meaningful. Like, I've struggled with this um, ABC diagnosis, or I had this issue growing up as a kid, and this is how it shaped me, or my daughter had a terminal diagnosis, and now she's healthy. Like, deep, heavy, important things. Mm. And what I loved about the conversation, I remember taking the work booklet. I threw it up in the air. I'm like, well, we don't need this. (laughs) What the room needed was connection. The room needed to hear that they were cared for and seen. The last two years has done us a disservice of like on Zoom, quickly, next thing, onto the next thing. Don't get too close. Social distance. Don't hug. Are we hugging? Are we touching? Can I look you in the eye? Did you get the report done? Go, 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 go. And people are always like, Jess, you're so busy. I'm not busy. I have a full schedule. I'm very intentional with my time, but I also know when to pause and look someone in the eye, have a conversation, linger for too long ask another question and truly care. And that experience, start doing that with your teams about actually like, not just like, hey, the weather outside, it's freezing cold out. Mm. Like we all can ask that. Yeah. Ask a real question. What are you working on right now that's most exciting you? That's my favorite question. I learned it from Elizabeth Gilbert, game changer. What's the question again? 
What's something that you're working on that you're most excited about? How are you? Good. Yeah, things are good. I'm really busy. <laughs> that's like 99% of the population's answer. Yeah. What if you say, what are you working on right now that's exciting you? What do you got in your schedule that you're looking forward to? Then watch somebody open up. Watch their eyes light up and then press in. I love that. That's great advice. Jessica, we have 90 seconds. Woo! And in 90 seconds, um, as a coach and a, and a person full of energy and joy, or the energy bunny as you have on your website, yeah. if you have to give a new entrepreneur two or three nuggets, mm-hmm. what will they be? Show up, do the hard work, and stay consistent. That is my magic formula every single time. I think if the world committed to those three things, showing up as your authentic self, I don't try to um, dampen who I am down just so I can make David or Tara feel comfortable or that the next corporate office I'm walking into and they're like, who the hell is she? Like, why is she the way she is? I show up authentically as myself. The hard work is, is like, I don't think things are going to be easy and I'm okay with that. Now I'm like, okay, what problem are we solving? Go all in, get curious. And the stay consistent pieces is like, there are times when we want to quit. We want to throw in the towel. We say it's stupid. We get the roadblocks and you're like, what's even the point? And the magic sauce is in staying, staying consistent and watch your life unfold before your eyes. Like you've never dreamed it to be possible. Well, there's an ending statement (laughs) and a few mic drops right there. Jessica Jansen, what a pleasure. How do people get in touch with you to be part of your mastermind, to work with you as a coach? Mm -hmm. Or donate to our charity. We're always looking for donations and we offer tax receipts. Um, Connect with me. It's just Jessica Jansen with a Z um, dot CA. So you can find me on um, a website. You can find me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn and on um, Instagram. And I'm just starting TikTok, but Lord knows I feel like I'm 90 years old because that's a new platform I'm trying to navigate. So (laughs) would love to connect, love to encourage you. And just want to say joy is possible even in the darkness. Thank you so much for being our guest, Jessica. Thanks. Thanks, Jess. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. 